What's up, y'all? I'm Brittany, and this is How to Love Yourself in L.A. If this is your first episode listening, you're going to have to run it back to episode one because the way this podcast works is the first half of the podcast is a story. I'm recounting my journey from self-hate to self-love all through my move in Los Angeles, California. And in the second half of the episode, I bring it back to 2022. I reflect and talk about any other goings on. So go ahead, run it back if you need to. But let's get back into the story. So Sacramento, I spent two months out that way. One month a bit closer to the actual bay, staying with family that needed help while their nanny was away, and then another month back in Sacramento at my dad's house watching my younger brother and sister while they were out on summer break. I was really appreciative of that time because it allowed me to get to know my siblings in general. They were born and raised out in Cali, and I hadn't ever really been around them like that except for, you know, having to come visit, but I was actually spending a summer getting to know them. I'm really honored to say that it was me who introduced my younger brother to Harry Potter. I was flabbergasted when he told me he didn't know who he was. I said, you, come, sit, now. And I gave him his life. (laughs) I even had some little girl talk with my little sister, got closer with my dad's wife and my father as well. It was a special time in that sense. Um, But what I'm really appreciative of is the understanding I got of my father. You see, when my father was little, he was in a house full of family that got shot up and resulted in the deaths of several family members, a trauma I couldn't even fathom. My father dealt with alcoholism, but ultimately left Indianapolis to find himself to work on a relationship with his father and work himself out. He got himself together, turned his life around, and to be honest, I am really proud of my dad, and that's the first time I'm actually even saying that. But at the time I was in Sacramento, I was trying to have more of a relationship with my dad. I wanted a dad in my life so bad, and I put forth the effort. I often wondered if I hadn't put forth the effort that I did, if we would have the relationship that we have today. But regardless, this summer did bring us closer. You see, when I was growing up in Indianapolis, my father came back from Cali ever so often We got gifts and calls on birthdays and things like that, but he wasn't a consistent presence. I used to be so jealous of this little girl in elementary school because she would come back from weekends talking about her daddy-daughter dates and how special they were. I envied those stories. (laughs) I had actually written my father a letter letting him know how hurt and disappointed I was that he wasn't in my life to the capacity that I had hoped. I had expressed my feelings. And it actually turned out to be really therapeutic for me. My father, you know, listened and he apologized for certain things. And that really started off our relationship on a good foot. I had sent that letter to him prior to my summer in Sacramento. But when I was around my dad, he was cool. I liked him. One thing about him, though, was that he was unmistakably pro-black. He was always talking about white supremacy, the beauty of black people, the man, asking if I knew certain things about black history, suggesting certain books that I should read or look into. And it got on my nerves when I was little. I remember one time I wanted to see the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith and he was like, nah, I ain't taking you to see that. There ain't no black people in that movie. I'll take you to Barnes and Noble and I'll get you a book. (laughs) Yeah, it annoyed me and a lot of it went over my head. But that summer of 2013 was different. You see, that was the summer of the case of Trayvon Martin, 
when George Zimmerman got acquitted. I was so confused. I was sad, wondering what it meant for black people in America. I was afraid and once again, grappling with the realities of being a black woman. But this time, I had my dad to answer all of my questions, to provide insight and give feedback from his pro-black, son of a black panther, almost nation of Islam perspective. My dad suggested I begin to take more of a look at the history of America through the pro-black lens versus the lens we were conditioned to look at in school. The first books I read that summer were They Came Before Columbus and a biography of the Haitian revolutionary Toussaint Louverture, leader of the only successful slave revolt in world history. He also told me about this woman named Bell Hooks, and I can just hear him now. Bell Hooks is a cold woman. You need to read her books. You need to read this one and this one. And that was my introduction to Bell Hooks. My first book was We Real Cool. I know everybody got to know her through all her love talk, but honey, Bell Hooks has a tongue and a mouth that will cut you, okay? And she's just a firecracker, and I loved her passion for our people, for black women, and that's just when I was introduced to her that summer by my father. On top of the Trayvon Martin case, I was still ultimately depressed with what I had just going on. I had attempted some online classes, but I just was so depressed. I just could not get it right. I didn't really believe in myself when it came to being an actress and following entertainment dreams. And one night I was just kind of overwhelmed, couldn't sleep, had anxiety, and I was on my laptop on Netflix trying to find something to watch. I stumbled on this show called Jane the Virgin and decided to give it a go. Now, if you've watched Jane the Virgin, then you know how awesome of a show it is. Quick premise. Jane is a virgin who goes to the doctor, and while she's at the doctor getting a checkup, she ends up getting artificially inseminated with another man's baby while she herself is about to be engaged to someone else. Jane ultimately ends up keeping the baby, and that's the show. Comedic, telenovela style, and it was just a godsend for me. At a time when I was very depressed, this show gave me laughs and honestly helped to put me in a better mood at times. All of the cheesy advice, the mild drama, the empowering moments, they all helped me. I still hadn't told anyone about my pregnancies, my secrets. I'm here looking at my dad in the face every day, not telling anyone about like the hardest things that I had actually gone through. I was just drowning in my pain and acting like it was cool. I had thought a lot about the messages we were relaying to the girls I mentored through church. I had even thought about the girls I mentored through a program I started with my friends before I moved to California. We preached loving yourself and seeing yourself through God's eyes, knowing that God sees you as perfect, being confident in all of that. And I knew I was not living that truth. I had started a YouTube channel while I was in Sacramento too. I did a couple funny videos. But I had begun following this girl on Instagram named Alex L, and she posted a lot about self-love and healing. And this was the first type of content that I had ever seen of this. She had a particular post that talked about sharing your truth, sharing your story, no matter how crazy the other people may have acted, no matter how sad your truth was, that sharing it would be healing. I took those posts to heart and pondered if I should share my story. 
as the summer wrapped, I was feeling a bit better with some money in my pocket, some guidance from my family, the confirmation that school was just not something I'm looking to finish right now, and knowing I did not want to go back to Indianapolis, I set off to give LA another try. While I was in Sacramento, I was job searching, knowing that I had planned to be back in LA. I had found a great job prospect at a startup that created newsletters for elementary schools all across the country. I got the job, and it was my first full-time job. So basically, the job was to cold call businesses around a particular school that we created newsletters for. I was selling ad space. I eventually got promoted, became an account manager, and even got to help create some of the ads. As I'm saying this, I realized this was truly my first job with advertising and marketing. The call center was fun too, though. There were a lot of different characters and workers of all ages. The owners and bosses were cool, and it was a fun atmosphere. I had some girls around my age that I hung out with, and even created friendships with some of the older employees. There was even this old man that worked in the call center, and every day at 420, he would announce that it was 420, and he sounded exactly like the clear eyes guys. My coworkers took all types of cannabis vapes and took smoke breaks, and I was just so taken aback by this culture of cannabis that I was not used to. This job was honestly the first time I felt like a big girl out in Cali. I could pay my rent, and as a top performer, and as a top performer, my bad, <laughs> I would get bonuses. With the job stability, I could focus on some other things like getting myself together. I started to get to know myself better, my likes, my dislikes, and finding out those things sparked this joy inside of me like, oh snap girl, so you ain't a big fan of Mexican food, so what do you like? And I was just really enjoying getting to know myself. Once I began getting to know myself, I began to care for myself, and then through caring for myself, I decided I had to have my back from here on out. I had begun watching Ayanna Van Zant's Fix My Life, getting whole therapy sessions and taking notes on each episode. Like I would legit sit in front of that episode. I would cry, y'all. I would take notes, but I would really get help. And here Ayanna was telling people to share their truth, to let it out. And that was how you would begin to heal. The company I was working for started to go down. There were layoffs ever so often. And after a year of working there and dodging layoffs, I was one of the last few employees to be laid off. Fortunately, I was able to get unemployment until I figured out another job and my next moves. I had decided it was time to share my truth, though, to share my story about my pregnancies, that awful night in the Bronx, how I hated myself, just everything. I wanted to get it off of my chest, so I made a YouTube video called My Self-Love Journey and posted it to YouTube. I was so nervous, but it was something I wanted to do. It was something I had to do in order to begin my healing. Before I told anyone about the video, though, I had my family watch it because I would be revealing truths that they knew nothing about. I wanted to give them the chance to talk to me about it and share how they felt before I just put it out into the world. So I shared it with them. I wanted to share with you my self-love journey because I really think it's important for you to understand me and how I became to hate myself and then how it blossomed into a self-love relationship. So here we go. Honestly, their reactions weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be. 
you know, there was disappointment and of course sadness that I didn't share. And I remember my aunt asking why I felt like I couldn't let them know what I was going through. But overall, I knew they were happy that I shared and I felt a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders, even though I was still afraid of what people might think. It felt good that I shared my truth. That video is actually still up on YouTube if you want to watch it. The video link is in the show notes. Tell me what you think. So my intention in dropping the self-love video was to then take my YouTube followers on a journey of the steps that it really took me and the steps that I was taking to love myself. In next week's episode, we're going to talk about self-forgiveness and some other things that were going on in my Cali life, but there truly were steps. And as I look back, I'm like, there were steps to this. I first had to know myself, know myself apart from family, friends, you know, just all of that, just know who I was. And then I had to actually like myself. And when I liked myself, I started to care for myself. Caring for myself made me want to see myself do good, made me want to heal problems that I had, issues that I had. And then it made me want to love myself to just have my back from then on, from now on through every up and down. Like I look back like there was a process to that, Brit. So this is where I will wrap up this portion of the podcast. Let's bring it back to 2022 for some reflection. So as I reflect, I am truly grateful for Alex L. encouraging me to share my story, for Ayanla Van Zandt encouraging me to share my story, to tell my truth so that I could heal. Even the 33-year-old me now who experienced stillbirth, finds it so therapeutic when I can share and talk about that experience. In the beginning, it wasn't something that I really wanted to share, even though being pregnant and giving birth is an experience that women want to talk about after they've gone through it. But I was just feeling like no one would maybe want to hear my story because it ended with my child dying. Now, the only reason I even decided to let people know that I had gone through a stillbirth was because I was posting pregnancy pictures and there wasn't going to be a baby. So I felt like, you know, I had to explain. But even in just letting people know what happened to me, the number of women that are in that are currently in my life that came forward and let me know that they experienced miscarriage and stillbirth surprised me so much because these women didn't share their stories when it happened to them. And they let me know how healing it was to speak with me. And we healed in sharing our similar stories. And I'm still working towards making a video about that. But just the power of sharing your story and it empowering someone else to take the steps to betterment that you did or even just to know that they can make it through. So I encourage you What story, what thing have you gone through that you have overcome that you may even just still be going through? What can you share? What can you release in order to allow yourself to heal? And that's where I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you 
so much for listening to this episode of How to Love Yourself in LA. Follow the podcast Instagram at How to Love Yourself in LA. And follow me on Instagram at Brittany Andrea Martin. And I'll catch you next week.